Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Sunday Scary with your host from the Far End of the Bench podcast, Jim Palato. One of my better uh, editing works that I think I've ever done. I I was listening to it in the car because, yes, I do listen back. That's like the uh, athlete in me. I have to li- – it's my, my film now. So I film study myself after every podcast that we do. And uh, I was like I, – normally I listen to my shows on 1.25 speed because I have too many podcasts. I And it, it, I can kind of keep up with that. I was like, wait, I'm going to slow this one down. I want to hear how this hears on, sounds on the radio because sometimes it sounds good in your headphones when you're editing. Sometimes it doesn't. But, um, yeah, enough of that rant, rambling. Darren, I'm glad that you're here. This is Sunday Scaries. Good, happy Sunday, everybody. We don't have to get up and work tomorrow. Happy Labor Day weekend. That's uh, it was much needed. About a month into school already, and and I'm like, ah, let's have one day where I don't have to worry about you little mongrels and everything like that. But I'm I'm glad you're able to come on, host of the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast. And then he will be the host of the show tonight when we're on Variety Sports Network for Talking Gridiron. Darren, how are you? Um, how's everything been going? Uh, doing pretty good, man. You got a month of school. We're two weeks in right now, so that's what we're at the two week mark. We're not at the we're not at the month mark yet, so I'll probably have that uh, that two week feel in a and uh, in a couple of weeks. We got back to school though, coming back this week, so you know that's always a crunch time uh, part of the part yeah. of the year too. So uh, yeah, man, everything's going well around here. It's football season, right? Everything kind of feels a little different in the air when that's there. Kind of helps with the school, right? Kind of gets it. Kind of makes the weekend there feel a little different for a lot of people. So. Uh, yeah, it's been, I'm doing good, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on last week. It was fun to join for a few minutes. Glad to be on a little longer today. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I decided not to text you an hour before I was going to go live. Say, hey, you want to <laughs> jump on the show? Uh, yeah, dude, I got a family. Uh, I can't just I don't just roll over on Sundays and be like, hmm, what am I going to do today? I actually have to have this stuff planned out. So I appreciate we, we were able to make it work. And obviously, uh, I've been on your show. You've been on ours. We've been doing the shows for VSN for yeah. a little bit of time. We've gotten to know each other a little bit. And then we obviously, I, I listen to your show. Uh, and I know I've talked to you and Tyler about listening to my show every now and then. So uh, it's good. I, lo- I wanted to have the crossover. And I like for this show, because I don't know if you listen to many teacher podcasts or like pod- teacher media, but they seem very popular. And, and honestly, it's like it's over the summer. It was what kind of kept me going and like getting me back. Because initially, after the end of this last school year, I don't know how you felt at the end of your first year, but I was, do I really, I got to go back. I, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm, I'm so overstimulated. Like, I have to. You're kidding, right? I, I Two months, and I, I'm right back in front of everybody. But I get, the podcast kind of helped push me um, into that that next feeling, and it felt a little bit better. What's up, Tyler? The other half of the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast. Um but this is kind of what I wanted this show to be like. You're teaching in the school. You're now an administrator. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about our journeys and uh, some of the things that you notice. We're obviously sports fans. So the CU TCU game, I needed to talk about that as soon as possible. But um, let's just kind of start there. What if, what What's your like go-to de-stressor from school? Because I think that's big to talk about with teachers. You know, it's it's funny. I it's got to be it, I, it's got to be sports, right? Like that's kind of something with it. You know, I have my family there with me, but that's always kind of and my family. Obviously, um, is a big thing because I have three kids. I have my wife, so right there, those are like three things that are very important that I have to like be focused on with it. But to be honest, that sometimes is the biggest challenge for me too, mm-hmm. is coming home and then also like you feel kind of worn out a little bit from dealing with like situations with kids, dealing with kids, and then you you maybe sometimes feel bad they don't have the time you should have for your own kids. So that's something that sometimes weighs on me a little bit. And now taking on a little bit different role, I sometimes trying to be a little bit more aware of and stuff like that. But so that's something that like kind of is something that I kind of think about as, uh, but my distressor is sports in the sense of, I like to be by doing the podcast too. That's something for me to kind of think about to kind of focus on other than just the grind of day to day, kind of something that you kind of, dream about doing it as a kid but you kind of know it's something different than that right now it's just kind of fun to kind of have a hobby like doing shows like this even and stuff like that mm-hmm. is a distraction from like kind of those day-to-day grinds or from me thinking of back to school night tuesday night it's kind of like a fun little de-stressor in that regard too um so those are the things i like to do and then uh 
Another thing too is golf. I like to golf. I'm not, I know you're, so that's that's a big. I I cannot golf. I don't. I, I don't know if you've seen our video. It's uh, they it's have. there for the comedy. I took the bullet. I don't know why, but I just I'm the the punching bag on our show because I haven't won any of the pickums that we've ever done. Nico has a one point lead in our trivia challenge that we've been doing, and I didn't win any of the March Madness stuff like like Nico has. So the golfing, <laughs> I put myself out there just to look like an idiot. Um, <laughs> are you interested? I, what do you think is going to be the biggest difference for back to school night as an administrator than a teacher? Cause that's, that'll be something that, that's a little bit different. Oh, no doubt. For me, the biggest thing I'm kind of, it's kind of, even you're thinking about it now, even is like, uh, you know, I've as a coach and as teaching in classes, you speak in front of people. That's not something, but like the way we do it at our schools, everybody comes to the gym preschool and there. So there'll probably be like over 400 parents there. And you're trying to, and you know, there'll be a few other people speaking too, but my role will be to speak for probably, you know, three or four or five minutes by myself up there. So like, you know, that be able to like direct things and tell them the things that need to be told about how to, which parking lot to park in, like, and stay like actual real things, not just like say th- who I am and stuff. So um, definitely thinking about that already kind of trying to like write something out just for like bullet points. That's kind of how my brain works. I don't really read something, but. I just got a bullet point. It kind of how we do probably from the podcast, right? You just write it down and then you just kind of go from there with a little bit. So that's going to be the biggest change for me for back to school. That is speaking in front of that many people. I don't know what the, why we did this um, this year in Colorado and we've done it the last two years, but we had our back to school night the week before school started. So they came the Thursday before school started and we had like a spiel that we went through as the teachers. Um, We also break our school off into teams. Middle school is a little bit different than, uh, are you still at the you, you were at the elementary level with um, Jim or were you K through eight? I can't remember what we're, we're K through eight, K through eight. Yeah. yeah. So we, we're just the middle school side of things. And, and it was a little bit different for our back to school night. But we did it before school actually started, which is actually honestly nice, because as, as a teacher, I didn't have to worry about like I had to come back the next day for for summer work. It was the week that we had before school started, but it wasn't like classes the next yeah. day. I I. I could barely do conferences to classes. I couldn't do back to school night to classes because it is a, a ton of people. And a K through eight school is probably even more than, than what we saw. We only had about 800 kids. So probably about maybe 2000 people uh, at the time. Okay. That's an interesting way of doing it like that. We kind of have like a meet your teacher thing, but it's not quite as formal as like back to school night or stuff like that. They have like, they come like the day before or stuff like that. But I think you can do that at a smaller school than maybe at like a big public school too. How many people, how many students do you guys have at your, at your school? It's 800 almost like 750 and it's seventh and eighth. And I think there's more uh, seventh graders this year than eighth graders. Cause we have one team. Our team is only five teachers. We had a super team combined. So the other team has two language arts, two social studies, and I think two science teachers okay. also, but <clears throat> that's only because we couldn't, there's not that many teachers currently at yeah. the moment. Um, are you the youngest teacher at your school? I think now I am. I wasn't last year. I was the I was older than our health teacher that was on our team by a month, but I think I might be this year. Actually, no, the one the person below me. He's coming off of his this is his first year in the classroom. He's coming off his student teaching. So I'm in my second year doing the alternative program above him. And then the guy right below me is 20, 23, right out of college. Looks like a kid, honestly. He was sitting next to our assistant principal. It looked like the assistant principal brought his son to the first day back from the summer. I was like, damn. At least I don't look that young. One of the kids called me 30 on Friday. I almost had a heart attack. I was like, no, <laughs> no. The mustache. I got to I'm shaving my face. I'm not that much older than you guys. Shut up. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, what they, another thing we I deal with administration out here, I've, I've been focused more on the what time people have to be there and what time they have to leave. What time, like, did you, what time our school day starts at eight 45, we end at three 15. You guys were earlier than that. Or you start much later. The fur the bell rings for us at seven 30 and technically okay. the kids are supposed to be in the room by seven 40 and we're done at three o'clock. Two fifty five is when the last bell rings. Okay. Um, I normally get there like an hour and a half before school. I'm one of those that gets there early because I'm up anyways. Yeah. And then I kind of leave right as school ends, unless I have duty in the afternoon, I'm like gone. Gotta make as sure as I can. Gotta make sure you do the duty. Gotta make sure. Yeah, you do <laughs> I'm better at the morning duty because, like I said, I'm already at the school. I've been at the school for an hour. I might as well just walk down to some area. I had first hour off last year, so it was a little bit nicer. 
when I had morning duty last year, this year I have to be like actually on point, ready to teach right away. Yeah. Um, let's, I want to back up a little bit. I, I'm interested to know how you guys started the the show, but how did you, did you go to college to become a teacher? Did you start coaching and then get into teaching afterwards? What, what was your story on, on how you got into education and, and decided to work with kids for a living? Yeah. Like I always felt like, coaching was honestly like the main thing for me like that was like honestly like really young I just felt like that was kind of where you just have a moment like I mean we're young young we're like I probably not gonna be a professional at like you just gotta have that feeling you still like sports but you kind of I think I was able to know that early enough in my mind to where I was able to kind of look at sports a lot differently as a kid I kind of that was how I wanted to kind of make people better I felt like I could develop teams and like you know like you see movies right like that kind of plays a factor when you see like corny movies even like mighty ducks or something. you know those things i'm serious it plays like a mole yeah. you're like i kind of want to or uh well, i like that hockey one too the miracle like there's stuff like that you see that you kind of kind of makes you want to feel that like my favorite part of coaching is be able to take individuals build a team for that like success moment it's such a cool feeling when you're able to do something like that so that's where it started and then from that you kind of like okay well how do i do that differently and so you try to get into teaching a little bit my thought was always to go to college to be um, to get into like kinesiology was to try to do like kind of maybe on the, a grander scale, like more like college or something like mm -hmm. that. But I just the heart to be honest with you, I had I struggled with school at times like in college, like I got really focused on coaching and that took me away from sometimes my actual like getting a good a good grades and getting a quality education. The one thing I did gain by not maybe as focused as I should, which it's kind of a good talking point now for me with kids is I can kind of give them that experience of like by not being as focused as I was, I had to pay a price for a lot of years to get to where I am now. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not like something that's easy, like when it came normal. So like, I feel like for me to that point when I was in college, I finally got to the point where I was able to build up at least enough um, a time with M one place. And then they see your work over time. And that gives me a big advantage in that regard now. So um, with that said, like, I just felt like that was something that's always on my heart is to like make people better every day. I think that's what we want to do as teachers is at the end of the day, we're not looking to yell at people and like get them in line. We're just wanting to like, cause we, like you said, you get there an hour and a half early because you put in work because you're trying to feel out how your class is going to operate. How can you get them to perform at their highest peak mm -hmm. and to like get the most out of the class at the same time, you want to build a relationship with them and have fun with them that too. That's why you're there early doing in the work. So like, it you know that's i think that's the thing i think that's always the goal right and like so like you you like sports and like so you have to feel the same thing i do is you want to build that team and so teaching me is right up that alley yeah i i rely heavily on my coaching background and that's basically what got me through last year the classroom management um it, it's it's tough like it's um if you're not used to it if you're not used to being the the letter of the law in that situation and and have to maybe not be the nicest person. It's a 12 year old. It's hard. They're cute. They're cute. They're kids. They, they're not doing anything necessarily to get under your skin purposely. Some of them most of the time, but you do have to be kind of that presence. Like I, I want to be happy. I want you to have a positive interaction here, but we are going to, I'm not just going to let you sit here and coast by. I'm not going to be the teacher that gives you the grade to move you on to the next group. I want you to learn at least something like how to be a good person in the room how to maybe learn, maybe learn a little bit about world history. I'm a geography teacher. I, I teach the cultures from the Eastern hemisphere. Like I do want you to be able to identify something new, but that's not really the end end goal. Yeah. I want you to just be a, a good person by the time you leave, leave the classroom it yeah. is, is my motivation to get there and, and be early every morning. Um, so the kinesiology was, is funny because my dad is actually also, he did uh, kinesiology when he was studying in college. I uh, wanted to do more of the personal training. I studied communications. I was thinking about getting my um, education license, like taking the certificate yeah. in college, but I was like, eh, it's, I was the same. It's too more, more school, more work. Why do I want more work at this point? I haven't taken a math class in three years. I'm not taking a math class right now. This is ridiculous. Um, it just, it, it ended up pulling, it pulls you back. I don't know what it is. It's like a magnetic attraction and, nowadays like the kids that i coach and i coach two sports at the middle school too i coach flag football and wrestling i coach wrestling up at the the high school um by us i also coach football like i i've committed myself to only spending time with 17 and younger all throughout the day it's it's a 
it's a special breed of person. I've I've knew that before I became a teacher. Now that I'm in that, it, it seems like it's even more pertinent and, and prudent to say like, we're here for the benefit of everybody else around us. I'm not here for the benefit of myself. If I was, I wouldn't be teaching, making no money and trying to do like a podcast in the afternoons. This is, that is what I'm here for is for the kids. No, I mean, that's well said right there. I mean, that's exactly, uh, that's, that's right. Mean, like you said, like that's, you do a little bit older than me, like a little 17. I, I mean, I, I still like hang out with those guys and stuff, but eighth grade is usually where I've, uh, is the, the age where I've go up the highest with, you know, I, but I also do like, I've done like kindergarten PE. So that's always fun. Like you have that type of age group too. So it's Just stand like, on their spot and don't touch anybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Michael, yeah. stop picking your nose. Their favorite thing is just put them in a like go to the gym with the lights off. Ah! I was like, you could do that for 40 minutes, except for I'd lose my head, I lose my mind, or something like that. So, <laughs> um, the parachute. Oh, we're gonna do the parachute again today. Why? Just because, just because <laughs> we're doing the parachute. That's what we're doing. Relays, a lot of relays, a lot of relays. I love the relays. That's we're gonna play basketball again. It's been three weeks. I know. That's all I want to do with you guys. I can't do anything else. That's funny. That, that, you know, that's a group when you get to Mar that's a group when you get to May, right? Where they're like, you're like, they can they're toast, right? They're like six. You're like, all right, they're done. They're done. <laughs> you can tell they're done. What do you mean you don't want to finish out the school year? <laughs> I know you've been here for nine months. You've never done anything this long for this amount of time. I get it. Just make it through the next two weeks with me, please. 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 Don't make me pull your head. Don't yeah, it, <laughs> yeah like exactly. an action, like an old action figure that you're mad with. Just pop, exactly. pop the head off. Why? Uh, uh, you mentioned about the coaching. Though. I was going to say like where I work now, that was the big thing for me. It's like, I started, that was where I started. I got there. I've been there like 19 years now too, doing it. This at the same spot. So you just kind of like in doing that, it's kind of like kind of what you just said a few minutes ago, you're trying to, trying to build something, even though it's something maybe small, at least it's kind of something that's productive and you're trying to like, in your own way, it's kind of just feel like where you're supposed to be. And so that's kind of how that's, how, that's how it's worked for me. And it's, it's obviously being there long enough has been able to like lead me more chances to work with more kids than I ever thought. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's kind of the kind of the best part about it. Do you have siblings too? Uh, Cause that was another motivating factor. Like that was how I knew I was the oldest of, of four siblings. So I was, very good at sharing what I think everybody else should do because I was doing that with my siblings. Do you, do you also have siblings where you, um, where you were trying to like help them out as, as well as be successful for yourself? Yeah, it's a good call. I have, I have my brother's three years younger than me and then my sister's six years younger than me. So yeah, as they got that, we, you know, kind of in that one age, if my parents weren't there, like, Hey, Darren, can you take care of that? Like <laughs> make sure they get to school, make sure they eat after school. Really? <laughs> Casey wasn't listening to me. My brother wasn't. He's not listening to me. Well, you got to talk to him calmly. What do you mean to talk to him calmly? He's not going to believe a word I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. He's not. He's not hearing me unless I scream at him and punch him in the face. He doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there it is. So yeah, I was the oldest though, so I think that did play a factor. Mm -hmm. and I was getting my my younger siblings up. My parents were both working early in the morning, so it wasn't like they were dropping us off at school. We live close enough. You're like, you can figure out how to walk. Uh, sure. We can figure out how to walk. I'll get you a cell phone. Yeah, I can definitely figure out how to walk then. I had a cell phone to like call because it was, it would take longer to send the text with the five, 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 two, 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 three, 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 like the old Nokia brick. I tell my kids all the time. Cause they're like pulling out their iPhones. I said, my first phone, I was lucky that I had brick breaker on it and, and snake <laughs> and I could make a call to my parents. And that was basically all I wanted to use my phone for. That was not, it was like this big. It was like the yeah, size of a Tic Tac yeah. case. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not pulling out the giant iPad and like the four. Some of these kids have like really, really nice computers, and I, I just don't get it. Why did your parents do that to you? Because if if it breaks at all, and you know they're like, I don't know how many times I've been like, don't slam your laptop, don't smash the space bar. If you smash, why? Why wouldn't I smash the space bar? Because then it's not going to work. Oh, that's why it doesn't work. Yes, yeah, it's magical. I don't know. I don't know if you realize this, but that is truly what's going on right now. You're breaking your own stuff. Oh, that's a pet peeve of mine. My kids have already broke too because of it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not. If I have my own kids, they're getting like, I'm going to get them the very basic stuff as long as I can. Yeah. It's probably going to be still an iPhone like 10 for the most basic thing, but they're not going to have like the Google lens in their eye 
where they can be like, oh, well, I just want to go to AI for a second. No, <laughs> no. that's not how that works. I didn't get the chance to go to AI. When my dad was yelling at me, I had to damn listen. <laughs> I'm only 26. I sound like I'm 50. Teaching has definitely aged me like 10 years. It definitely feels so much, so much more mature than anybody else in my my age group, even Nico. Now, no offense, Nico, you're doing a lot more now, but I'm like, I was up at 4:30 every day consistently last week. Dang, that's more mature than anybody else in my age group that I know of. Yeah, that's grinding right there. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about this difference. So, as a as the teacher for. You've been there 20 years, which is an awesome feat. I didn't realize that you've been in the same spot. When you first started as a teacher, what was your relationship with admin? I'm sure it's a little bit different teaching um, PE instead of being in like an actual classroom. But what was your kind of relationship and how how would you say your evaluations went as a a PE teacher looking at your relationship with admin? Yeah, the biggest, I think the biggest difference for me is as the, and I still do a couple of the classes now, but the biggest difference is, uh, the management of if you're having, I'm having to write a lot more and I'm having to speak a lot more. So those are like two things as the admin that right away uh, that stood out to me. And then you're, I'm doing And then I'm having to do a lot more discipline, even for mm-hmm. like basic things that like, <laughs> well, well, I, you know, I had like a fun little, like just basic little kids, like doing something silly in the you know bathroom or something like that. Like small little, small little like write-ups for that. Like, you know, just kind of like, not a big deal, but, you know, just something like a discipline situation where you're trying to you know, get them to grow more from it than like actually like really get rip on them and stuff like that. So that stuff's a little different too. And then some are bigger than others. So, uh, and then parents want to meet with you about things a lot more, right? Like just even, you know, just, it's just part of the job and you got to hear them out on those things. And I they never that. think their kid did anything wrong. Every kid <laughs> is a hundred percent perfect. I always try to keep myself honest with that too. So, uh and i i hear you so like you just hear more of people with those type of things and um so that's the biggest thing and then from the the kids standpoint it is kind of fun though to be able to kind of hop outside for lunch recess a little bit more and uh i don't know like do stuff more in the morning when they're there kind of hop into the classrooms i had like i the biggest other difference jimmy which was kind of the hardest part for me the first kind of week or not hardest just kind of felt like the most real was when I had, when I was leading the teacher meetings, but like, you know, I hadn't been, a, you know, I hadn't really been a, ever in those meetings as the PE teacher. So like, that was kind of the biggest difference right away too. What do like, we even do? What are we talking about? Attendance? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I like, tried to go over those things. It was kind of interesting. So it was, that's, that was the biggest difference for, uh, for, for me, for sure. Do you see a difference in the way that you're like the kids that you've had for PE now that they see you in the Dean role, are they struggling to see you in that more authoritative role or, and they want to mess around or is it, has it been an easier transition that way? Yeah. Like the, the, the name, cause usually it's coach, coach Darren. That's usually what the day has been. So now like a lot of them mess with me, like principal Darren, like, like, yeah, they're like, I'm like I need to sorry, Mr. Dean. <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, vice principal. Yeah. That's what they'll say stuff like that. So, uh, it, yeah, but I kind of enjoy those, like you know, I don't mind little cracking jokes like that and stuff like that. Guys. So, but that's kind of been kind of a funny transition with like the names from the kids' standpoint. The younger kids, maybe a little bit like the K through second grade, a little bit, but for the older kids, I just had them for PE so long now that they kind of they already they, trusted you. Yeah, I kind of feel like that for the most part. Yeah, that's one of the better better experiences that I've had is the kids that you taught the year previous and even some like I thought a few of them did not like me whatsoever or they thought that I was a jerk because I did I held them accountable I can't tell you how many arguments I had with the 12 year olds like why did I lose half a point because you only put your first name on it well I'm the only one with this name I don't care I said first and last name when I said first and last name I told you I was going to take half a point off if you didn't didn't do it so I thought kids just flat hated me and then when I'm on duty around the school I see them and I'm getting like mobbed by a group of eight eighth grade girls who I had last year. They're like, Oh, I learned so much. I, I liked your class so much. I'm like, Oh, well, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you learned something. I'm glad that I had a positive influence on you because I thought you hated me. <laughs> I, I thought you didn't like being held accountable, but no, that's sometimes that's really what some of these kids want, especially the ones from the tougher backgrounds. I don't know what your school makeup is, but we have a few, especially this year, it seems like, and I was kind of mentioning it last year, we have uh, one of our situations with a kid who qualifies for special needs, but the parent is being like super D 
difficult and admin doesn't even really know what to do, but she's like, he's basically what is, what has been said is like, he can be in the needs program as long as he's not in the room with other visually impaired kids, which is ridiculous. Cause that's like, okay, so we have to segregate everybody else away from your kid because you're embarrassed that he has to possibly walk around with kids that you could look at and see are, are a little bit different. Let me tell you, the, the grades that your kid, like the test scores that your kid put out there are worse than those. Like you, he's, it's unfortunate. I love the, he's an awesome little guy, but like his learning is low, low. And his parents definitely know that. But then the fact that they're saying, I will not, I refuse to have him get the help that he needs because I don't want him to look, be around kids that look different. I feel like that's just, we're trying to set them up for success, help them. Like meet them halfway. You can be embarrassed all you want. It doesn't change what's going on. I I agree with you. And that's uh, in, in the sense of that you, our school's a little bit, we're a private school in that sense. So we don't have, we, but we, and we don't have like the staff in the regard to take on those type of like some of those needs that, uh, that some, that some kids require. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, our school's a little different in that regard, but, you know, we do have our students, of course, that, you know, my kids included a couple of, uh, you know, that our, you know, need like a special, like maybe setups with tests or something like that in regard. So I, I agree with you on that. And that's always, it's tricky with the parents too. And you're trying to inform that because I've had that been, I've had that said to me as well, uh, you know, as a parent, and it is a little like kind of shocking at first, like you're kind of trying to, you know, process what, you know, what, what they're saying. Cause you, Cause as a parent, the hardest, the hardest things to separate, like, okay, how, how am I just taking this feedback as just what it is? It's just feedback. It's not personal. And when you separate that and that, and that can be hard for a lot of people. And I, I get that, right. I get that now the three kids, I get that. But um, if, as long as the teacher does it, it's a, a teacher does it with respect and with the, like you said, with the right, and maybe with the right um, step to take forward, like the next, next step, like you were talking about, then that's where you got to be hand in hand. That's where the the teacher parent relationship is really underrated. It's going to be interesting to see because in that situation, the parent is coming and and they're going to shadow the science class. And then also my class with the student and principal is going to be in with her. I, I guess I have anxiety because I'm, I'm thinking that she's not really looking. She knows what her son's performance in school is. She's not looking to see how he is in the classroom. She's looking to yeah. see, is he in the room with the people that I said, don't put him with. And yeah. he is, he's in that class that I have all of my teacher aides. I have effective needs kids. I have severe special needs kids in that same classroom. And then I also have like an, another 20, just general education kids. So the fact that they, They've put me in a situation where the the teacher aides that are there to help him, he, they refuse to have him work with them. They have to ask. And if he says no, they can just say, OK, so then I have to be the one on one teacher. Plus, I have 19 other kids with a bunch of different other issues going on, like running around, throwing papers in. It's a madhouse. It's yeah. it's a I'm a referee in that yeah. class. Unfortunately, my seventh hour class, I think it's the smallest amount of actual learning instruction time because I just have to be like sit in your seat. Don't throw anything. Don't touch each other. What's going on in the back? So you guys need help. Does this person need help? Oh, my goodness. I, I think because we have block days where I go fifth hour, seventh hour, and it's two yeah. hours straight of just con- teaching and content. And I, I think I answered a thousand questions in those last two hours. And I was I was standing in the middle of the room and you just hear Mr. Pilato coming from every single. I was basically doing circles. Like I'll come to you, then you, and then I'll help you. And then I'm over here and I'm over here and I have an order. And if I go out of order, then people are going to start getting upset. I, I, I'm, how I'm running you, around with like a chicken with my head cut off. How do you guys do discipline then for like classroom discipline? Is it very lenient in that regard? Is there too many kids there? Like, like, let's just say like a kid is it just keeps talking while you're talking, like you can talk to him or like, is it like as simple as, all right, you're, you're going to the office or here's a work, here's a work detention. Like, is it that simple or is it like, or how often does that happen? I guess. I try and handle it as much as I can myself. I think that's like the, I'm a type A in that. I, I, I think I told the kids like, think of this as think of the school as the world and each class is its own country and each country will have its own rules. Cause I do some things that are a little bit different that you won't get in trouble for in my room certain days like in social studies when you're taking notes i know some people like to have music while they play 
and they don't want to listen to whatever I'm playing. So if you're listening to music on your phone, that's fine. Put your phone on my desk and you can have your headphones in and, and I don't really care. That's a rule for me. It's not a rule for the rest of, of the room. Uh, yep. Make it very clear, like what happens, what you won't get in trouble for here. If you get in trouble for out in the pod, that's not on me. If you go to Saudi Arabia and steal, you can't really be mad that you get your hand cut off. That's the rule. That's the law. It's how the correlation works. So uh, I, I try and handle it's it myself. I really listen to you. <laughs> that's I do. I use. I, know, I, I try and be very honest with the kids. I I think more so than some of the others because it you kind of have to make that decision. They're seventh graders, so I have some of them that are mature enough to talk about certain things. I have some that are way behind. They're crawling. I don't know what happened with me and my brothers, but we sprinted. I was an adult. As soon as I hit 11, I was like my height. I started growing my mustache. And then I had some kids in my room that are, they're still like playing Minecraft and, and with Legos and all that kind of stuff. So it's diff yeah. difficult, difficult. I use my coach's voice if I need to get their attention and they, they understand. And I'm very good at the, the Italian in me is like good at the guilt. It's like, I guess I'm not that good of a teacher or you guys don't like me. I, I must've done something to piss everybody off because we're just not listening to Mr. Pilato today. Huh? Well, that sucks. I guess I'm going to go sit over in the corner. You guys don't want to listen. We don't have to learn. Just sit there and be quiet. It's like, oh. yeah, that's, I was, I was curious, like discipline, like for PE, I'll have to like, I just make them like, we were like, well, well this week, I think I had a class that it just went, stop talking there, third grade. And they just, and they just went on. And I was like, all right, we're just going to have to run laps. <laughs> it's running laps. No, there, there's the game. And that's, and you don't try to do that, but it's just like, yeah, sometimes you're like, all right, and not, and then some people don't want to run. It's it's just that's the way it goes. I don't think we'd be able to do that for us because we. I, I don't. I'm not going to get too far into the details, but if you search my school name and like Nine News, there's some pretty pretty bad stories that you can find. There's yeah. a couple lawsuits that are current that are going on, um, yeah. and our parents are very much like like I said, their kids never do anything wrong, and they're willing to come at the school with lawsuits or just yeah. go straight to the news and the media. So if I were what I would want to do in this discipline situation. Oh, you don't want to listen to me while I talk? Well, then you're in push-up position until the lecture's over. Yeah. And you can't break. You're a, you wanted the attention, so you'll have the attention. Everybody will look over and see you in push-up position while we do this. You'll get notes from somebody else. That's what I would want to do. But I'd have a parent knocking down my door, and like the principal would. Fortunately, I don't think the principal at my school would be able to stand up and back me up because yeah. our district leans more towards siding with the parents than siding with teachers or administration. And that's where I guess like I'm grateful for my school in that regard. Like we have a lot of parents that are, um, you know, I'm out, run a mile, you know, just like you're talking, run a lap around the school, which isn't like it's not, you know, just or or do or you know, or just sit there. Or the games canceled, we'll just wait for your teacher to get back. You know, like that's kind of like, so it's just kind of. But there's a good understanding because, like I said, I've I've been there long enough to develop that relationship with the parents. But like uh, that would be. Yeah, you know, that's always tough when it comes to that point when you get that because then you're just like you kind of feel handcuffed a little bit. It is, it, and I get where they're coming from. I don't know. I was listening to I listened to the Mark Schlereth. He's on a local radio yeah. show, and he was telling the story about his son. He was, apparently he was goofing off in in middle school, and he went to school with him. It's like every time that he looked like he was distracted, I was sitting behind him, and this was Mark Schlereth, at three hundred pounds after just winning a Super Bowl in Denver and just smack him in the back of the head. It's like, I would, if a parent actually asked me to come in and do that with their son, I would be more than fine with that. And I want him, please be in every single one of my class periods. And just yeah. every time that somebody's not paying attention, I, I would be, I'm sure my dad would have done that. If my dad would have been able to take the time where he'd have a whole day with me. And if I was screwing up that bad, I never really did. Cause that's how I was held accountable at home. If yeah. I was not doing something correctly, I was going to know about it. It was not going to be a, oh, let's sit here and talk about our feelings. Yeah. Why didn't you pay attention at school? So you got a bad grade. The teacher's having to email me because you're being a nuisance. You're not going to be a nuisance anymore. And you're going to go and apologize the very next day. That That is a little bit of a difference from like, you know, like probably when I grew up and maybe when you too is, is, is that usually if you got in trouble, you kind of were like, why, you know, why did you do that? Now, sometimes it's, you know, it can be, why would the teacher do that? Yeah, you know, like yeah, you know, there is that. There is a little different. There's a difference in that, right? The way that's worded, so that changes the way you look at it. And I feel like sometimes that is a way that, you know, it, 
uh, we usually just kind of you believe the teacher in that regard. Maybe that's, you know, teachers have blown that opportunity as well. I get that. There's plenty of bad teachers out there too, but you know, it, it's like I said, you feel handcuffed sometimes in that regard when that does happen. Yeah. I, I have never taken advantage of it, but I know that there's probably teachers who have and, and teachers yeah. who do things that they shouldn't. I, I try and use it in the way that I, I was raised, but it is hard. Like I can't hold the kids to the standard that I was held to when I was growing up because sometimes that's not what they're held to at home. And if yeah. they're not, if they're not constantly practiced in that, then it's just going to be me yelling at them every single day. So it's like temper your expectations because who knows they might just want to say, have you say hi to them because they might not have had anybody say hi to them yet yep. all day. They might not have seen anybody. Maybe their parents got up and went to work before they had to get up, get themselves up and go to school. I don't know. So I, it's unfair for me to just be a jerk all the time, even though I do have like, high standards and I do want, want them to do, I, I push them. I don't want them to just be comfortable. I want them to get, you know, let's push yourself. Let's show that maturity and that level of learning that we're trying to get to. Yeah. I think that's a good point about that part with the kids too, because it's not just, yeah, we're, like you said, you're trying to push them at the end of the day. You're, you're also human beings and you do that. We're not all waking up on the, the right side of the bed. Yeah. All the time. I'm not constantly telling my classes, you disappoint me. You hate yeah. me. You can't. I, it's like a, no. Yeah, it's a. I have. You have to use it very strategically because if you overuse it, then it's just you're saying the same thing and they don't actually care. If you yeah. use it in the right sense and you use it and make sure, like, if you can catch the eyes of the kids that you know, like, really love you and are just, oh my god, no, he thinks that about me too. He's lumping me in with the rest of the group. No. And then the next day, they're like, they're policing each other. It's the same th same stuff I do with my youth football team. We have, when we warm up, every time I, I give them the command to go, everybody has to clap. And if they don't clap, they owe me five push-ups. There was one day at practice where after the end of the warm-ups, we had to do like 30 push-ups because they just, they couldn't do that simple act of clapping when I said go. And then the next day, they were like screaming at each other. I thought there was going to be a fist fight. You better do it. I'm not doing those push-ups again. I am not. And they haven't done push-ups in like two two weeks in our warm-up. I like that. I like that. I should try that for a trick. I should try that. I like that. I was it, it was different. Um kind of it's different, but we are sports fans, and this is like I said, it's one of the most pressing things that I wanted to talk about. I'm not gonna keep you all morning, and we obviously still have another show coming up tonight. Uh that CU TCU game, it was I, I will stand here. I will I will have to eat this because especially if you listen to the far end of the bench, which is also on this feed, um, you'll know I wasn't like saying that this was going to be a huge turnaround. I did not expect CU to win, especially win in the way that they ended up having to towards the end. They had the lead pretty much the entire game, lost it early in the fourth quarter, and then it was a back and forth, both offenses, both teams scoring a ton of points. It was a Big 12 game, which is fitting because it'll be a Big 12 matchup after this upcoming season, but CU wins 45-42 over the defending national runner-ups, TCU, and um, Dion, Dion plus all the guys that he brought from Jackson, Shadur, uh, Travis Hunter is probably the best football player currently in the world, I think at any level, because what he's able, like 12 receptions, 150 yards receiving, an interception, uh, Shadur Sanders threw for over 450 yards, he's just an HBCU quarterback, he's not actually can't actually play quarterback and Dion's just wanting his kid to get a shot somewhere. Uh, I have, I don't know. What were your thoughts? I, I want to get your outside perspective first, because I'm obviously very close and I, I see it with rose tinted glasses. We kind of briefly touched on, on our show this morning and I was kind of interested to go with more detail with you, with you more. My thought on Dion was I honestly always thought he was going to be a good coach because he could recruit out of his mind. I was like, he's going to be a recruit. And then he's a good motivator, motivational speaker, and he's one of the best cornerbacks of all time. So he must have some sort of strategic mind that could help, you know, uh, help people. And if he's a good motivator, that means his coaches are going to do a better job too. That's a very important football that your other coaches are doing their job just as much as you, especially if you're the head coach. And and then he was able, like you said, he's able to bring in all those players. You mentioned Travis Hunter. I mean, to get a touchdown and an interception in the same game is pretty crazy. And that's I he mean, almost had two other touchdowns too. Dion said it in his post game. He's like, We missed him on or at halftime. I'm we missed him on two deep balls. If he catches those two deep balls, he's front runner for the Heisman. He, he stood out to me the most, just that. And then I was impressed though overall with the game. And like maybe this is also not impressed with is 
the juke moves and maybe lack of tackling. There were some awesome, there were some awesome runs after the catch or on handoffs. Like that TCU, is it Bailey? That guy had some that one move he had Sanders. Goal, yeah, it was like the 98 yard line. Or yeah. like he just had some that was like a Madden juke. It was like an R2 juke to the right. And he went like another like like what 80 yards of the guy uh-huh. tackling at the five. I just was impressed with the whole like uh the whole game for that. But then Colorado, my last point was the resilience. They didn't kind yeah, of get down after sense. that part. They kind of, you know, they had the, the lead at half. They score early in the second in the second half. And then TCO bounces back, takes the lead late, and they they were resilient. It's it, it. I texted my dad afterwards. I, that's the toughest I've seen a team play, just any team. Whether I was I live in the state that they represent or not, that was a a very very tough gritty performance because. I my big thing for CU this year, and I think it's what's going to haunt them, and and they're going to be in a lot of these close games because in the second half they have zero depth, especially on the offensive and defensive lines. That's yeah. why TCU was running the way that they were running because their defensive line, he he's recruited great in the skill positions. Next year is when he's going to solidify that front seven, and you're going to get the more five stars and the people that are coming to play for prime uh, to play up there. But the skill positions, all the receivers plus Travis Hunter were phenomenal that running back is a freshman he scored three touchdowns four touchdowns in his debut for colorado and it sets up this weekend is the biggest game it's the 100th football game played at folsom field for boulder so it's historic in that sense it's prime's debut and it's your biggest historical rival it's cu nebraska and nebraska as much as everybody wanted coach prime did what everybody wanted matt rule to do in nebraska if if in a perfect world nebraska has a game where they get to showcase all of this new from, from Matt rule and they beat Minnesota and it didn't happen. I think the first six possessions in the first half were punt, 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 interception, punt, punt for both teams. And then you, you have the CU TCU game where it's like offense is booming offense, defense, that, that interception Travis Hunter had after the long 80 yard play, I was listening to it in the, on the radio. And I was, I've never been a CU fan. I was clapping along. I was like, Oh my God, I can tell that this guy is the best player on the field and I'm not even watching the game. I'm just listening about it. And uh, I, I don't know this time. He said he played 101 snaps yesterday. Yes. That's crazy. 60 offense and like 50 on defense or, or maybe the other way around, but it wasn't like he wasn't tired and he didn't yeah. fade towards the end of the game. He yeah. knew that he had to be the best player. And I think he knew he had to be the best player going into the season. So he's in sick shape. Because that 100, 110 plays he played, he wasn't slowing down towards the end of the game. No, no. Shador kept finding him. Better. That third down conversion that he caught where he came back, I was like, that CU never makes that play. It never goes that way for the Buffs. Do you think Dion's already a top 10 coach then? He What he did at Jackson, where Jackson wasn't a powerhouse and, and they're continuing what they did, he's basically doing what we all did in NCAA 14 with Dynasty where he started at a lower level place, built it into a, a continuous juggernaut where I think they're prob- probably going to be in the SWAC championship again. And they're still dominant at the HBCU level. And now coming into Colorado, um, it's probably, I don't know if it's going to be continuous. I think there's going to be times where they're playing like USC or Utah, these really, really tough teams that are on their schedule. Cause the Pac-12 this year, I think is just going to eat themselves alive. That's why I don't yeah. think they're going to get a representative for their last season in, in the 14 playoff. Yeah. Uh, but if they can have a few of these games and if they get bull eligible this season, that's five more wins than they had all last year. Yeah. And that's getting five extra wins in a college football season is one of the toughest things to do. No, for sure. For sure. That Nebraska, Colorado, what I always remember that would be out here, like the 9 a.m. start. I, I wish it was back in November because that was, it was always the day after Thanksgiving. Yes. Friday that's after right. Thanksgiving. Oh, and it was early. snowing. Um, yeah. No, that was. Even though it wasn't like a big thing, CU wasn't my, – my mom went to CSU more and, and I have more family that went to CSU and CU is kind of the pretentious area of Colorado, but it is like a big deal. That's going to yeah. be awesome. Those tickets, I don't think anybody's going to be able to get tickets. They nope. have the big noon kickoff show coming again this week. And uh-huh. how lucky are, is CU where they have Joel Klatt, who's one of their alumni from one of the most successful runs in, in recent history at CU. He's calling both of the first games and Gus Johnson, the best voice in all of sports broadcasting. No He's a Dion's kid can play. Yeah. Gus said it. It's, it's true. <laughs> Down the sideline. 
He's got to get away from the cop speed. I know. He does. He's the best. The Denzel Ward one might still be my favorite when he he levels some guy that that's on a smoke screen. You got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. My feelings. I was like, oh. I didn't realize he was black at the time. I was like, that's gonna get him fired. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> He can say that. Gus Johnson can say that. If I say that, I'm canceled. Here you go. I'm, I'm the Reds announcer. And Castellanos goes deep down the center field, and it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yes. Happened to my A's guy this year, too. <laughs> every time. Every time no, that he no. does it. Yeah. Um, it. Let's talk a little bit about your show more so, and then uh, the show that we have coming up tonight. Fat Boy yeah. Fadeaway, as we're wrapping things up here on Sunday Scaries, I appreciate your time. Yeah, man. How did you and, and Tyler start Fat Boy Fadeaway? And um, what have I obviously I've seen more of the continuous, but like what was the the pre- preemptive strike behind the show? Uh, well, like you said, you're teaching, right? And then school's not happening. Like for me, like you know, the COVID ha- COVID hit. I love rewatching games. We did the look back today on our show at the 2003 NFL season. That was fun. We kind of did a look back. So that's where my mind started with rewatching games and doing that. So the March, like we just started doing that. That was kind of where it started. And then uh, I kind of followed more podcasts. We kind of then I kind of uh, followed a couple other guys, felt and then started following you guys, listened to your guys' show. And you kind of try to get better from other people when you're first starting out and seeing how they're doing things. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, you and Nico, were, I've always said, or that were kind of that for us. So we kind of listened to it. And um, that was kind of how our show got started. And then, now, as time goes on, you kind of have a format, as you know. You kind of figure out each other's schedules. And like you said, you get more comfortable doing it as well. And you're kind of – so once you get that down, get the microphone down, all that stuff, <laughs> all yes. the location. Once you get those details worked, I feel like now it's kind of like riding a bike a little bit. And uh, that kind of makes it, in some ways, a little bit more enjoyable. You almost feel bad when you don't do an episode. Like you have a week where you're off and you're like, ah, oh, it feels yeah. – it's weird not having something like this. Um, That's true. No, I think it, the pandemic was the where the podcast boom really started. And um, I always say Nico and I, I was pretty lucky because Nico and I made the decision for the podcast initially when we were like 12, because we, we'd known each other for that long. And then we both were doing our own thing and pandemic happened. I was like, damn, I'm not getting a radio job. I yeah. guess I can start doing a podcast in my basement. And you know, the only difference between you and I, when we started our podcast was I didn't have my own house and family. I had to uh, ask for the space of where we were going to film the podcast and, and figure those things out. But yeah, I see some of your old ones there. I love, you have like Rocky, you have like right behind you. So yeah. those, those were good. Nico had the Hasbulla cardboard cutout for a little bit of the show, and we put a cigar in his mouth, and it looked not like a cigar when, when you looked at it on the screen. That was. <laughs> yep. Tyler, Tyler, dad always gives him a bad time with our first ones. He's like laid down on his bed, like doing it. Like that. <laughs> oh, and I'm like in like this blue room. So it's always kind of fun looking back at the old ones too. If you listen to the first three, we sound so robotic. Like Nico and I were trying to audition for ESPN on the first three episodes <laughs> of our random podcast that like eight people listen to his yeah. dad and his dad is, is awesome. He's been a guest on, on our show. Um, we had him on with Birdman and oh. he, he's sitting in the kitchen we're sitting in the kitchen at Nico's kitchen table with my crappy. This mic works well when it's just you on on a computer, but it was yeah. like the one mic that we had for the two of us, and it's sitting in the middle, so the audio yeah. sucks. And he's just sitting there. We do the entire show, and we're I'm getting ready to edit it so we can post it. And we go, "What'd you think? What'd you think?" He's like, "You want me to be honest? Yeah, that's fucking awful. You guys should redo that entire thing. That was not what. What are you doing? You guys don't talk like that." Be how you normally are. That's what the people would want to listen to in the show. And just just have a good time. You don't have to have all the stats. That's not what we care about. Say, oh, I was good. I needed two dollars to go across the street and buy a sandwich, so I needed to bet this line, and I hit it, and I had yeah. to, I got to go eat my sandwich. Like, yeah. just do what you normally do. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. We should be a little bit more genuine, genuine people, and not robots. And and that that's always the one for me. Like, as you know, maybe now, as you know, maybe now us doing a podcast long enough and doing like, I need structure, but I also don't, I don't need it for the conversation. I just need it to know where I'm going Yeah, for like the bailout. It's for the bailout moments is more where I feel like I need it. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. Where we get, that's kind of where my mind, because once I have that down, the, you're right. The conversation is what leads to the show. As long as you just have a little bit of a place where you're going once in a while. And so that was, that, that was a big trick to learn along the way. 
if you're with somebody that you've known for a long time, like do the little things. I, I look for every chance that I can to try and make Nico laugh because yeah. I know that he's a little bit more of the straight laced one and I'm more of the silly one. So yeah. I can be, I can try and be silly and make him, you know, get him to break. It's like yeah. uh, the old um, SNL skits where it's like, can I get Jimmy Fallon to laugh in this one? Let's see. Let's see <laughs> if I can get it. Yeah, that's the best. Oh, I, I really appreciate this again. Uh, plug your stuff and then uh, talk a little bit about what you have coming out for the people. And we'll, I'll let you go ahead and, and get to the rest of your Sunday before I see you later on tonight. Yeah, man. No, for uh, I appreciate you coming on. It's always kind of fun. Like you said, you asked me like earlier where we did the te- uh, like what other teaching podcast I listened to. I, it's kind of yours one was the first one. So I was kind of listening to it. I was uh, listening to the first one. Then I, you had your brother on, I believe, the second one. And then you did it. And it was just kind of like it's kind of a good idea. And it's just kind of a gives people a good perspective. So I appreciate you coming on and giving my kind of perspective on things and story behind teaching. It's always kind of fun to get people's ideas. And it's kind of funny how similar a lot of our, <laughs> and a lot of the stuff as well. But uh, yeah, false over at fat boy fadeaway sports over at variety sports network as well. We did a show this morning. Jimmy, I think you might like this one today. We did do the 2003 look back season. Uh, I can't wait for it tomorrow on my drive to school or actually Tuesday on my drive to school. That was the pan- That was the Patriots over Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Bowl. There were some good games that year uh, as well. So yeah, let me know what you think of that one. That was a, kind of a fun show to do uh, to do today. Uh, then tonight we got talking the gridiron again. I'm looking forward to that. It's, we got like we got week one. We're gonna kind of talk about maybe our, the best games. Pick pick some pick through uh, maybe those games. And I kind of want to get your thoughts on Chris Jones and Nick Bosa as well. Kind of let's see what your thoughts on that. So I got a big show planned for us there, and I know you're gonna always bring the hot takes and the, the good info. So. Uh, it's, it was a great week. It was a great season uh, two, episode one. So I'm looking forward to tonight's show as well. Continuing on the content train. I, I posted it on Friday. We had our episode drop Thursday. Top of the mountain was Friday. Today, Sunday scaries. And we're finishing up with talking the gridiron. So if you need stuff at variety underscore sports underscore subscribe, uh, follow at fat boy fadeaway and be sure to follow at FEOTV pod. Darren, it was fun. I will see you later on tonight. Everybody else. Have a good uh, – enjoy your day off. If you're a teacher, you don't have to go to school tomorrow. And uh, we will see you guys back here next Sunday for Sunday Scaries. And then I will see you guys over on Far End of the Bench after talking the gridiron tonight. Uh, this has been for myself, Jimmy Pilato, Darren Breyer. Um, Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time.